The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. We are called to love one another. We're called to love one another. And Jesus uh, tells us how to do that. Well, he doesn't just tell us how to do it. He demonstrates to us how to do it. And he doesn't just demonstrate how to love, but he loves us. And that's actually one of the most important realities of the Christian life and for our ability to live our Christian life is to know that Jesus loves us. Why is that so important? Well, it's really important because our only way that we're able to love more than just a natural way, the way in which we're able to love in a supernatural way or in a way that's inspired by Christian life is if we first receive, actually receive the love of God that he gives us. It's in that reception that then we're able to give. I love this phrase. It's called, you're not able to give what you haven't first received. Okay. If, uh, if you didn't make any money or if it's not, something's not yours, you can't give it away. But once you've actually received it, then you can give it away. And so with our love as Christians, the way in which we love is not just in a natural way. It's not just us trying to try harder, but it's actually us first receiving the love of God and then being able to live it and give it. Now, within the liturgy of the Mass, the whole Mass is ordered for us to be open ourselves up to the love of God and to receive it, and then to go out and live it. But unfortunately, a lot of the times, we don't necessarily experience that, right? Um, I'm going to totally liturgically nerd out on you today and tell you, talk to you about one very specific part of the Mass that I want to be more meaningful. I want it to be something more than maybe what you've experienced in the past. Uh, We actually haven't done it for a while. Um, This uh, little tiny part of the Mass is, uh, can I think be really fruitful, but unfortunately I think experientially, just as many parts of the Mass, experientially is often not very fruitful, right? And this part of the Mass that I'm talking about is the sign of peace. Uh, The sign of peace is something that we've actually omitted for the last two years, partly out of COVID, Uh, We talked about it, I actually talked about it a few months ago, 
Um, and I'd like to revisit it today to actually reintroduce it. Part of the reason why we didn't reintroduce it before is because I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more so that it might actually be able to be meaningful. Now, similar to love, again, you can't give what you haven't first received. And within the sign of peace, it's meant to be a time in which we're, it's not a common greeting. It's not a well-wishing. What it's meant to be is actually a participation in Christ and a participation in the communion, but primarily about passing the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding. Now, this has been done in many different ways throughout the ages. One of the ways, uh, unfortunately, I think that the liturgy today often doesn't communicate it the be- in the best way. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, it, it kind of is a break in some ways of what we've been doing. If you think about the way, place where it is, uh, we've had the liturgy of the Eucharist. So we've, we've been actually kneeling, right, during that time, and the consecration happens. And so Jesus Christ is fully present on the altar in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And then after kneeling, we all stand. And it's kind of a, a change and I feel like sometimes it's almost, whenever we change body postures or different things, we can forget what we're doing. It's kind of like changing into a new, have you ever walked into another room and then you forgot why you walked into that room? You know, there's kind of a reality of when we, when we change our space or different things that we sometimes forget what we've just been doing. And I feel like sometimes we've just been kneeling during the Eucharist and then we stand and we forgot that the Eucharist is there, right? That we're, we're present to Jesus Christ. It's not just a break from the Mass, but it's meant to be a participation. And so what do we jump into? We jump into the Our Father. Well, who gave us the Our Father, right? Jesus Christ taught us the Our Father. And so now we're not just praying the Our Father with one another, right? Who are we primarily praying the Our Father with? We're primarily praying with Jesus Christ on the altar. And then after the Our Father, we offer the side of peace. The priest says, which I always, in the moment I can say it, but I always have to look it up because... Otherwise, again, it's like walking through uh, a doorway into a different room. I can't remember. Uh, So I say, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And you respond, and with your spirit. Now, what this is supposed to be meant to communicate, actually different liturgies, there are different rites and liturgies, and this is where I can totally nerd out on you because I've been spending hours like looking at these different rites and and everything else because I just find it fascinating. So some of the rites actually have the sign of peace at different places in the liturgy, which kind of have different significance, but specifically ones that have it at the same place in the liturgy that we have it. Uh, The priest often actually touches the chalice and the paten or the altar and kind of receives the peace of Christ first from Jesus and then offers the peace of Jesus Christ, right, that he's received by Jesus's presence in the Eucharist, and then extends that to the people. One of the ways that I experienced it was uh, we had a a pastor from India, and I can't find the rite uh, that I was looking for to find him, but the way that he, and it must have been a smaller rite, the way that he actually did it is he touched the Eucharist, received it, and then he would actually go around he would go to the ministers around him, primarily the servers initially, and, and pass the peace of Christ directly to them, who would then pass the peace of Christ out to the congregation. And it's uh, beautiful to kind of see it spread throughout. But where does it, in that situation, we see very clearly it, it begins from the altar. 
Uh, in the Middle Ages, the liturgy used to actually have uh, a pox board, which is an interesting thing. Actually, I didn't know about this before this, but it was a holy image that they would often uh, touch to the altar, to the Eucharist, and then the priest would kiss, and then it'd kind of go around, and people would kiss it uh, partly as the sign of peace. Um, and they replaced that because before that, they used to just be kissing, and then people thought that wasn't hygienic, so they were like, well, why don't we you know, use this board. But then that started to get in trouble because people were like, well, I should get to, you know, kiss the, the board of peace before, before they get to, you know, it was kind of a hierarchy thing. And so they actually did away with it. And also there was sometimes where that was a replacement for actually the reception of the Eucharist. It is interesting. I find this very beautiful that actually the kiss of peace was instead of a sign of peace is traditionally a kiss of peace. And in some ways is a preparation for receiving the Eucharist, right? This use of the mouse, uh, of, of passing peace and then receiving Christ, right? So it's kind of a preparation, but it's also meant to be primarily, again, about passing the peace of Christ. And so practically, what does that mean for us? Well, uh, if you're anything like uh, me when I was a kid, uh, the sign of peace is often a time to get uh, back at your brothers and sisters. Uh, that's not what it's meant to be, right? It's not actually meant to be a time in which uh, reconciliation happens, although hopefully that reconciliation has already happened. What it's meant to be is, again, this recognition of Christ present in, in our midst and the fact that we don't, we don't uh, bring our own peace to other people, that primarily we want to be a conduit of God's love and of his peace. And so what I encourage you is as you share peace to those around you, there are many different ways to be able to do it. It's not primarily about the sign insofar as the shaking of the hand or the bowing or, or anything, but it's primarily, again, about this intention that we have um, the, and the understanding that we have of what we're passing. And so the Roman Missal actually gives the option. It says one of the appropriate phrases that can be said is actually the same phrase that the priest says. It, would, it says one of the, fra- you know, one of the uh, appropriate kind of phrases that people can use is, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And so you can actually say that to the people around you. Now, I think that's a little bit long, okay? And sometimes, but saying the peace of Christ, right? Or uh, something more than just peace. Right? We want to be able to signify that it's something more than just a, a peace or a well-wishing. We're not just doing a well-wishing or a greeting that's similar that might happen at the beginning of Mass or out in, out, uh, outside. Right, That this greeting is meant to be a passing of Christ's peace to those around us. Okay? A recognition of Christ's presence in other people and also the passing of that peace. And so uh, I think one of the best phrases would be, the peace of Christ be with you, right? You can also say, peace be with you. Another way to kind of, again, make it a little bit different and recognize the significance of it is to maybe even use the Latin phrase of just pax, meaning peace, right? Uh, It does shorten it a little bit, but again, it should be the significance, it should be this understanding and this realization, not of a break of Mass. I think that's sometimes, a lot of the time, how we experience it. It's a break for Mass. Well, we've had the Eucharist. Now we get a little bit of a break. Whew! And then we're going to go back into the Eucharistic prayer. No, it's meant to be a part of it. It's meant to be a recognition of that peace. It's meant to be, again, we receive the peace of Christ so that we can give the peace of Christ. So that we're not just trying to give ourselves. 
We're not just trying to do our best or, or kind of uh, struggle along individually, but we're here together as a community, sharing in Christ's peace, his love, and continuing to pass it on uh, to one another. And so, sorry, going back again to the practical, we're in COVID still, even though that we're not, right? So one of the things that can practically be a little bit awkward is how to give peace to those around you. And I would say that some people are just fine with giving, shaking hands. You know, some people have already returned to it. Okay, great. If you do that, just be aware of those around you. Again, if you'd like to extend your hand to someone and they don't shake your hand, again, this isn't a rejection of the peace that you extend. The primary intention is, again, that intention of the peace of Christ be with you. And so in different cultures, it's appropriate for different ways. In the American culture, the way that the USCCB and kind of is common is by shaking of the hand. In Japan, it would be more appropriate, right, to bow. And since we are in Japan and still somewhat in COVID time, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be an appropriate response, okay, to, to bow to those around you. But again, if you want to shake or even for your family to give a hug, I think all of those are appropriate different signs that should be, again, communicating the passing of the peace of Christ, which you have received from the Eucharist to the priest, uh, to the greeting that the priest gave to all of you uh, just before that. Um, when, we, uh, one of the, when we're uh, doing that, we want to just, again, be not just trying to pass ourselves, but trying to pass the peace of Christ. So, uh, one of the other things that can sometimes be a little bit difficult is that some people maybe don't want to interact with those around you. So if somebody doesn't turn to you and offer the peace of Christ, that's okay. It's not because they hate you. Well, maybe. Uh, but I, I hope it's not because they hate you, right? Or trying to avoid you. Uh, it's maybe uh, just because uh, they're in prayer, okay? And to be okay with that, all right? We don't need to force everyone uh, to enter into it. The other thing that I would be aware of is that sometimes people who don't have maybe their family with you maybe are at times ignored during this. And that can be, in fact, uh, another kind of opposite extreme of kind of being hurt. One is being forced to enter into uh, the right. And the other one is that they're kind of ignored by the people around you. So again, I just want us to be aware of both of those situations. Both of those situations are, are different. Uh, but we want to be, again, extending not just our peace, not just what we want, but ultimately the peace of Christ and to respond to those people around you. And so as we uh, continue uh, this Mass, as we continue to engage and receive the love of Christ in this Mass, I also pray that the sign of peace that will uh, be returned today can be a fruitful time in that reception, in that passing, and in that uh, living of the gospel um, and charity that we are called to all do as Christians.